Welcome to the Good Life Agora Hills podcast. Join us each month as we discuss important city projects, programs, and initiatives with the community. We appreciate your support and thank you for tuning in. Happy New Year, Agora Hills, and welcome January, our January episode. Hope everyone had an amazing 2022, and I hope you're ready for an even more amazing 2023. So we're hitting the ground running with this podcast. I wanna welcome everybody back after the new year. And the special guest today is someone that I was extremely excited about when I woke up this morning. I said, this is, this is the way we start things off. He is a devoted public servant. He's an exceptional leader. Uh, he's a personal mentor of mine. Uh, it's just honestly, just a remarkable person. Uh, and I can go on and on. The list can go on and on. I have all these adjectives. But I'm not gonna fill the whole episode with adjectives. I'm just gonna bring him out and introduce him to you. So without further ado, I want everybody at home to get up on your feet. If you're driving in your cars right now, pull over, do it safely so you can clap. And I want everyone to give the warmest Agora Hills podcast welcome to our guest today, the city manager of Agora Hills, the one, the only, Mr. Nathan Hamburger. Let's go. Let's go, right? Keep it going. Keep it going. What's up, everybody? What's going on, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me. That's a great intro. Right? You like that? You can patent Ooh. that, copyright that. That's a lot to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, man, thank you so much. I know as the city manager of our beloved city, uh, your calendar, I know this personally because I look at it, it is packed. So the fact that you had time uh, you know, at the new year to spend with us and all the community members at home, we thank you. Glad to do it. I'm so happy to be here. So we've got a lot of great information, uh, you know, to kind of go through. And I think, Nate, what I'd, what I'd first like to talk about is, you know, obviously, I knew you really well. Um, but what some folks might not know is that when you became city manager, it was right at the beginning of COVID. And so there wasn't that sort of formal introduction, you know, that opportunity to really kind of introduce you to the community. So I want to take that opportunity now to uh, give you the floor and maybe you can, you know, introduce yourself and... Um, talk about the role of being a city manager, like what does that exactly mean? And maybe describe your journey to uh, becoming a city manager. Absolutely. Well, I, I think the city manager is really, um, you have to juggle a lot of things. You're jumping between, you've got five council members that all have great intentions and great goals, um, but sometimes they differ. And then you've got your staff that have a ton of great ideas and great people, and so you're, you're working with them. And then you've got your business community and a residential community. Um, and so you're always interacting and you're balancing um, all of those needs, all of those wants, and still trying to make sure that you keep Agora Hills great. Um, and, that, and that's the kind of my ultimate goal is, is to figure out that balance. Um, my pathway here, um, you know, I started with another city in LA County, um, worked my way up, worked in community services, which I think was great because I really got to see um, a lot more of the great things that we get to do, those personal touch items. Um, and then I came to Agora Hills and had uh, served as the assistant city manager for about 15 years. And, um, you know, Greg Ramirez uh, unfortunately left us, um, but great legacy here that he provided. And um, I got to step in the middle of COVID, like you said. And so, um, yeah, it was a challenge. Um, there's a lot, there was a lot to deal with, but um, I got here and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to continue to serve in this community. Well, listen, man, we're, we're grateful that you are in this community and that you're our city manager. I got to ask you because, you know, I think a lot of us when we, when we, you know, we're growing up and you're, you're planning kind of what you're going to do with your life. 
We like to all think that maybe we end up exactly where we started, but I don't think that's always the case. If you weren't a city manager, just curious, what, what would you be doing? You know, it's funny. As a kid, I thought I'd be the president of the U.S., and then I decided I don't want to get elected. So <laughs> it, it moved to, uh, you know, an FBI agent or crim from Criminal Minds. I think that's just one of, my, you know, one of those things that I always thought would be really cool to do. But I'm glad I ended up in city management, um, and I, I couldn't ask for a better career here. So. Love it. Love it. All right, so look, every leader, every great leader, you can point to their core values, and, and they all have leadership philosophies and approaches to managing a team. You've, I know this from experience, having worked for you for so many years, that you've created a culture here, an environment built for success. As our leader, what are your key points in creating that kind of environment? Well, I, I think you have to be willing to look at people for, for who they are and what they are and, um, and, and understand that they bring a variety of backgrounds and skill sets here and, and be open and to find those people and, and build a team that you know, can work cohesively. Um, and I think a lot of organizations out there try to find one of this same model and I, I've tried to break away from that and try to find people with different backgrounds so they offer different things and I think that creates more um, great ideas and it makes our projects and our programs more successful. You know, our team that you've created is full of diversity. A, a lot, it's literally a melting pot of talent that you've got over there in City Hall. And a lot of that is because you have created this team over time uh, and that's turned into something that's been a high performing machine. Um, was that intentional? You know, you, th you hear a lot, I think, in the workplace, uh, in society right now, about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so was that something that was an intentional effort on your part? And if so, why do you feel that having awareness of DEI is important to your hiring practices? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And I think, um, yes, it was intentional, but um, it wasn't necessarily to follow some policy or a quota number. It really was to find the best people to serve on our team. And um, I, I, you know, I go back to, my, my kids are half Hispanic, and I look at, I always looked at how do I want them to be treated in the world? And I can't wrong anything that's done in the past, but what I can do is focus on the right here and right now, and understanding that, that people do come from different backgrounds and different areas in life. And so being open to realize that those can translate into government, and that there's not just this one path fits all. And so um, that's allowed you know, our staff to become um, the group that it is today. And I just think they offer so much with all the different backgrounds and all their experiences. That's awesome, Nate. And we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Coming in as city manager, you deal with a whole host of things. And your immediate tenure as city manager, you know, you were thrown into an environment that had so many things already going on. I mean, you think about it, Borderline was kind of going on around that time. The Woolsey fire, uh, you know, you came in at COVID. Uh, you know, there's been unprecedented drought conditions. You've got uh, just a whole host of things that, are, that have been happening. And so yet every single time a threat or situation like this comes up, you're the guy at the top that's always dealing with these situations with composure and calm. And I think that that poise really helps our staff know that everything's gonna somehow be okay. I mean, how do you do that? And frankly, why do you keep coming back for more? <laughs> well, I. I think first of all, in order to do it, you have to really stay present in the moment. And you have to understand that um, there's a lot of people counting on you from your employees to your community to your elected officials. And so you really have to be in the moment and try to make decisions that are best for everybody. Um, and then, you know, why do I keep coming back for it? I, I mean, I couldn't ask for 
a better career. And I, I love the challenges that we've had to face and, and what that brings and um, kind of the unique solutions that we can come up with. And um, I, I think that's what makes this community so great is that we've had to deal with so much and we've all come out, um, you know, better for it in the long run. Yeah, I agree. So look, um, you know, I want to move on to a little bit about the structure of the city a little bit, the organization, um, let's say. And many folks might not know, but we follow a form of government, a formal form of government known as a, or a, a council manager, uh, you know, relationship. Can you describe what a council manager form uh, really entails? Yeah, probably in the most simplistic terms, it's you've got five elected uh, council members. They all have an equal vote. In our case, we rotate the mayor, but the mayor still has the same vote and power that uh, the rest of the council do. And they really provide um, all of the direction and the vision for the community. And that's all through input through the public and, and business community and our chamber. And they put that together. And my job as a manager then is to take all of that and to get it implemented through um, our staff and uh, making sure that all of their goals are met and that we're still communicating and being transparent to the community. All right, great. Now, Nate, you are the only employee in the city of Agoura Hills that can boast you have five bosses, right? So five different personalities, um, and we've got a great council. But, you know, you, when you think about the makeup of our council going into 2023, I mean, you've got a first-time mayor. Uh, you have a newly elected council member in Jeremy Wolf. You have a newer appointed council member in Penny Sylvester. And, uh, and for the first time in nearly three decades, let's say, uh, Dennis Weber is no longer on the council, right? And so, you know, you have uh, this group of uh, amazing individuals coming together, um, like I said, as your bosses, as the city council of Agora Hills. What excites you most when you think about tackling the challenges in 2023 with this particular council? You know, um, I, I love the passion that they all bring. Now, they all have passion towards different things, some the same, some different, but I really just love that they are so entwined in the community and they are so passionate about preserving the quality of life, but also advancing the community. Um, and I mean, I, that's, that excites me. I just can't wait to, to see what, what's next with them. Um, you know, it's, it's nice having um, some new and fresh opinions on the council now, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to see what they bring. Yeah, that's awesome. So Nate, we, uh, the city of Agoura Hills, we're a contract city, right? And you know, there are general service cities, uh, or full, I'm sorry, full service cities, and we're a contract city. Can you give the community a perspective on what being a contract city means? Sure, I mean, a contract city basically means that our, our actual staff um, is, is fairly a little bit, it's fairly smaller than others, and that we'll contract out with either private companies, um, the state or county for different services, um, particularly the LA County for our fire and sheriff. Um, those are our larger contracts, but we also contract out with the uh, landscape companies and whatnot for some of our private work that's done. So. All right, great. The organization structure. So let's talk about this briefly. Now, I don't think many folks know. So you have a very lean, mean muscle staff machine. And I know that I've heard you mention that many times, how proud you are of that. Um, can you give the community a perspective of, of just really, you know, maybe the staff sizing that you have uh, for the team and maybe what your expectations are in making sure that they're accessible to the people we serve at home? Yeah, it's important to me. Um, you know, we don't we purposely don't have some of the big box retail and other things that different communities have. And um, so you have to 
be efficient with your revenues. And so that's really what I focus on um, with our staff is not just lean and mean, but being thoughtful and resourceful and um, being efficient with the resources that we do have so that we can continue to provide good, uh, solid community services. All right, so Nate, something that is obviously very important to any community is public safety, right? And as you might know, uh, Captain C2 was actually on the pod not too long ago, talking from the perspective of our top law enforcement official in our local region. But you offer a very uh, unique perspective coming from the city manager. I know that you and Captain C2 work hand in hand. You meet often talking about all the various things. I think that we often say that safety is paramount in what we do. And even though Agora Hills and our region, for that matter, is probably one of the safer areas, I'd say, across the whole state, we're still not immune to some of the crimes you know, that we see and we read about, right? So can you give a perspective to the community, give your thoughts on maybe what things have been going on, some of the discussions maybe that you have with Captain C2 on a regular basis to make sure that everyone at home is safe? You know, so uh, Captain C2 and I sit down, like you said, quite a bit, and we really talk about what the, the, the pressing issues, maybe the hot issues, maybe not even just in our community, but the surrounding areas, and how do we try to address those? Um, and sometimes it's a change in tactic, sometimes it's a change in resource. Um, we're really looking at the utilization of technology um, like license plate uh, reader cameras, we're looking at um, you know different street cameras. Um, we're even talking about the use of drones, which is being done in other cities. So um, we're, we're trying to utilize all the resources that we have, and all of that can come from the LA County Sheriff's Department, and really kind of hone in on what's the issues in our region and how we address those individually. So um, it, it changes on a, on a monthly, sometimes basis, but um, in a good way. It's really to, to try to be out front and be prevented as much as we can. Um, and this still remains one of the safest areas and communities to live in. Yeah, love it. Um, okay, in, in the, the spirit of public safety, we have actually a recent topic that's come up uh, about coyotes, right? And in our area, we deal a lot with that urban wildlife interface that we talk about. And even though there's a greater picture there in that context, I think more specifically, I'd like to ask your thoughts on the coyote issue, right? So there was a concern brought up that, you know, coyotes, they do live with us. They live in our backyards and, you know, we're in their, we're in their environment. But there have been a couple of situations or maybe an encounter in a park or so. And um, maybe if you could talk to the campaign that we just launched, the uh, a fed coyote is a dead coyote campaign, and maybe talk to some of the specifics on that program. Absolutely. So that's actually a, you know, a public safety issue that we deal with. That's one of them. And um, you know, we, what we're finding is that people sometimes intentionally and unintentionally leave food scraps and stuff out that um, they feel like they're helping the wildlife. And, and, and in this area, we appreciate the, the hills and the, you know, all of the wildlife that, that comes through here. But the reality is, is that if we, if we continue to leave food, not only are we attracting coyotes and rodents and other things, um, that leads to people trying to you know, poison the rats and that then spreads throughout the um, you know, in, entire area. And so what we're really trying to do is not be harsh about you know, a, a fed coyote is a dead coyote, but really to, to focus in on, you know, we want them to be in their natural environment and we don't want them to feel comfortable here so that we don't have incidents that have happened in other communities. Yeah. So. No, that's a good point. And for those of you at home, anybody that might not know about the fed coyote, dead coyote campaign, you can visit our website and get more information on that. Absolutely. 
Um, so let's go ahead and talk about communications. I mean, you know, we're sitting here right now. The podcast is just, a, you know, one of those platforms. But I know that since you've taken over as city manager, leveling up our communications has been one of the things at the forefront of what we've been doing. And now you have an award-winning program. I think we heard, you know, um, former, Mayor Lo former Mayor Lopez kind of mentioned that uh, at the end of last year. And so there's a lot more brighter things, I think, that we're looking forward to do with communications. How have you been able to be so effective as an agency upping that communication and public engagement? And why is communication so important to you? Well, I think that communication is important just because there, there's a segment of the community that we weren't reaching before. And I think we realized that and um, really wanted to focus in on not just doing the same old thing we've been doing, but to find new avenues and what people are actually using on a daily basis. Um, and it never would have been possible without the support of the city council. And really they made a priority for us um, to be transparent in everything that we're doing, making sure that we're getting people involved, that things aren't just getting approved at council and planning commission meetings that the public isn't really aware of or not just not paying attention to or may not have seen uh, what's going on. So um, definitely the council support with that. And then I definitely, um, I mean, I have to give a shout out to you for running our communications program, as well as Erica Diaz, um, who we've hired as our media analyst. And it was a new position. Um, she's just taken on so much and um, we've been able to expand all that we do and we've got a great team behind us in RMG and so um, that that all in itself has, has led us to today and and we're not done there's a lot to, a lot to be done still um, but I'm very happy with the successes we've had yeah exciting times ahead and so if you haven't already figured out how to follow us you can look on your screen right now you see all those handles that are coming up on the screen so make sure you follow us if, you, if you're not already doing so all right so any great organization, Nate, and definitely any great city uh, has fiscal prudency, right? And that's a big thing. You want to make sure that, you know, we, we do, we are stewards of the public's money. And because of that, there's an inherent trust that the community has with how we're spending dollars. And year after year, I got to tell you, it amazes me. And, you know, you, thankfully, you've allowed me to be, be a part of this budget process and watch how you do it for so many years. But year after year, you come forward with a balanced budget and you do it and without compromising any of the exceptional services that our community expects and they enjoy. And so really what I wanna kinda do is, is ask a two-part question. One, I'm not sure if many folks know, but the budget process is actually that, it's a process. We're not gonna wake up tomorrow and you're gonna have next year's budget all pinned together. This is actually a months, months and months of, of time behind the scenes working to put together um, a budget that is very public. The second thing is, uh, how do you do it? I mean, when you think about the fact that you continue to balance the budget, like I said, even in the most difficult financial times. So A, can you describe the budget process? And B, how do you do it? Well, I, I think it really starts um, at the real top is, is the city council and, and, and their ability to understand that we may at times have limited resources and that we still have priorities that we have to meet and our council has just been great about being really cohesive in, in agreeing to move forward on things that are quality of life issues, safety, um, our roadways, making things clean, um, you know, keeping our green uh, open space areas. And so we've, we prioritize those. And that's really what helps you keep the balanced budget. If you keep your priorities straight and you know who you are and who, where you want to preserve things, I think that's um, step number one. Step number two is just having a great staff behind you. I mean, that's, um, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of magic that happens behind the scenes. 
Um, I think a budget, you know, the council always comments, the council uh, says the budget gets approved, you know, in, you know, 20, 30 minutes, but it took us nine months to put it together. And it really does. And it, and it requires input from the community as well. We go through a pretty open process where we've got workshops um, and, and they're, you know, they're encouraged to come in and share their ideas and desires and, and where they want to see funds put towards. And so um, kind of balancing all that and putting that together is what makes it all happen. So um, it's like a good cookie dough batch. You yeah, know? yeah. It, just, <laughs> so, it all yeah. fits at the end. And we all love cookies. <laughs> all right, let's talk a little bit about also the local economy because our businesses, and we always say this too, you know, our businesses are, are the fabric, right? And it's in a sense the backbone of what we do. Uh, you know, our, our businesses are coming out of a pretty difficult time, but I think the future is, is looking brighter as we go into 2023. Um, you know, what, why do you feel, what excites you most, I guess, about the future of our businesses? And why is Agora Hills such an amazing place to live, eat, play, and stay? You know, um, our business community is really unique. Um, we don't have a ton of um, the, what you call the chain stores or restaurants. We really have unique entrepreneurs who are from this area um, and, and, you know, raise their families here and really truly invest in the business community. Um, I think one of the greatest things that we've done is, is add the Greater Conejo Chamber of Commerce um, and, and work with them along with the city of Westlake Village and Thousand Oaks. That has made a ton of difference. We've been able to expand our reach and our programs um, and really help those businesses, whether they're in a time of need or they just need some help with some marketing or signage and what that may be. Um, you know, the other thing that um, has really helped our local economy is our tourism improvement district. And, um, you know, I want to give a hats off uh, to the, the team at uh, Greater Conejo Chamber who, um, you know, worked with us from th this, from being just a thought to making the reality. And that brings in local ecotourism and it, it overflows into our restaurants and the breweries and, and just all of the places locally. So um, I, I'm looking forward to expanding those and just really seeing what the next year can bring for us. Yeah, so if you're looking at what you wanna do in 2023, come on out to Agora Hills. We got great places to stay, great restaurants to eat, and just amazing amenities all around us. So come on out. All right, so Nate, let's talk about partnerships a little bit because a lot of what we do is really dependent on having great partnerships, right? I mean, you spoke earlier about the sheriffs, we have the water district, we got the school district, and we have the many contracts that we have. One of the partnerships that I think doesn't get, uh, you know, the notoriety because it's, you know, it's hard to understand it is what we call a council of governments or a COG for short. And if you could give a, you know, give the community an understanding of what a COG is and why is it so important that the city is involved with our COG? So the, the Council of Government, um, involved, in our case, involves uh, the cities of Westlake Village, Hidden Hills, uh, Thousand Oaks, Calabasas, and, our, and Malibu, and ourselves. And, um, you know, it's, it really is important that we talk about regional issues. So we're all incorporated cities for, for specific reasons, right? And that all happened. But um, we face a lot of the similar issues. And so it's good to kind of put our resources together, um, especially when we go out and, and we're trying to get funding, grant funding for different things when we're dealing with emergencies. Um, if we're all working on the same page and utilizing each other's strengths, um, I think that makes this whole area stronger and better off. And so, um, you know, that, that relationship is, has been um, very successful and rewarding um, in the sense of financial gains and things that we've been able to do together. All right, well, I have a serious question because I'm just gonna be straight up. The COG, we just said it, Agora Hills, Westlake, Malibu, Hidden Hills, and Calabasas. 
got five cities that we just mentioned there. There's a softball tournament that we're starting. And we've got to go with a pre-tournament ranking, one through five. Tell me, Nate, who's in fifth place? Well, look, I'm going to take it this way. I figure Agora Hills is first because we're the scrappiest team out there, right? Facts. Lean and mean. You know, and then after, and the way I look at sports is all that really matters is who's in first. Because yeah. after that, it really, the ranking doesn't matter after that. I like that. that. You heard it here first. That's a good way to do that, too. But you heard it here first. And first is really all that matters. All right, so moving on. Partnerships. Uh, this is a pretty unique time in this question. Uh, you know, when you think about it, Nate, we also have partnerships with our county, state, and federal representatives. And for the first time that I can really remember in the last two decades, really, We've got four new elected representatives at every level. We've got a new county supervisor in Lindsay Horvath. We've got a new state assembly member in Jackie Irwin. We've got a new state senator in Ben Allen. And we've got a new congressional representative in Julia Brownlee. All four great people. I think we're excited to, to get with them. But do you think that having that, those new, all those new representatives is a good thing? And because that partnership is important, more importantly, how do we foster those relationships to make sure that the people's voices are heard? Well, I, I will say, first off, probably it's best, I, I think we've got to give a shout out to our past representatives because they always treated us well, they took care of us. Um, when we needed assistance, they were always there, they always took our calls, um, no matter what you know time of the day it was. Um, so, so we've had great success there. And you named off some amazing people, um, all of who we have some relationships with. And really what we need to do, and I, th I think it's good for the areas, is reevaluate what their priorities are and ours are. And we may not agree on everything, but understanding each other and working collaboratively moving forward, um, I think it can be successful for a community of our size. And so um, I really feel like Agora Hills has been able to leverage those relationships to get uh, positive results. And I am really excited to, to sit down with our representatives when we move forward this next year. Yeah, 2023 is going to be big. All right. so. One final partnership I'd like to touch on is, uh, and it's, you know, I don't think folks really think about it much, but it's a very real partnership and that's with our residents, right? Our residential community are such a, an important piece to what we do. And I think that there are a lot of folks out there in the community that might wanna get involved and be a part of our team, maybe volunteer for a committee or, or so. Can you give some uh, information as to, for, the, for those folks that want to be a part of making the city a better place, how can they go ahead and do that? You know, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, we, we just put out on our website um, a volunteer page uh, with kind of the updates of either vacancies that we have on uh, committees or even if you want to do a race Adobe Days committee, you know, you want to focus on a special event um, rather than a year-long kind of uh, commitment. We have all those opportunities on our website. Um, I think it's so important to invest in your community and to give back. Um, you, you start to realize um, how many great people are out there and how much they love Agora Hills. And I, that just amazes me, the, the amount of people that we have every year when we uh, recognize all our volunteers. Um, it, it, it amazes me from all the different places they come from, from your youth to your seniors, um, you know, hats off to them. And I really encourage you to get involved and just take the time, it's worth it. All right, so let's look ahead. 2023, we're looking forward. 
And there's a lot on the plate, right? We've got a loaded work plan that we're already working with. We're getting ready to go into the budget season. Gonna, you know, kind of look at some of those uh, previous goals and, and look at sort of new goals. We've got new regulations for housing. You've got drought things to deal with. Sustainability is taking a really big thing of what we're going to be dealing with in, th in the future. Uh, so many challenges for all your various departments. I mean, you know, what are, what, what are the most exciting challenges that you look at? And what are gonna be some of the keys to tackling these challenges to ensure success? So I look at, um, you know, our sustainability, um, you know, our climate action and adaptation plan and what we're doing within that plan, the implementation of it. Um, I am really looking forward to um, seeing how we as Agora Hills can start making a difference. Um, I think we've been a leader in, um, that area, especially in our region, if not throughout the state. And um, so that's gonna be great. Uh, the other thing that I'm really excited about is we're just about to bring the Agora Village Pacific Plan update. And um, it takes a lot of those components that you mentioned, you know, the housing and, um, you know, dealing with climate issues and all of that's kind of in one plan. So I'm really excited to, to see that come forward. And um, there's been a, a lot of volunteers from our community that worked on that. And so I'm really excited to see that. Um, you know, and then we have to be prepared that, that there could be a recession coming forward. And I know that's not the fun thing to deal with, but, um, you know, that's, that's part of what we need to look for and make sure that we, uh, we're prepared for that. Yeah. All right, so Nate, look, here it is. It probably doesn't seem like too long ago that you were the young guy trying to come up and figure out sort of where this career path was going to lead you, right? And, and then you blink and two decades has gone by and you're sitting here like, man, I'm actually closer to the end than I am to the beginning. <laughs> it's kind of the reality, right? And so when you think about that and you think about one day hanging it all up, right? What do you want to be remembered for? What is going to be the legacy, that professional legacy of Nathan Hamburger? Well, I, I look this way. Um, if you forget the name Hamburger, I mean, then you've got problems and stuff. So, so the name will be there, right? But, but, but seriously, what I, what I, what I value um, and what I hope that um, I've contributed to is the community, the quality of life here. And that the community, when they... They want to stay here. They want their kids to come back here. They're proud to be from Agora Hills. And if I could play a small part in that, whether they remember my name or not, that's really what's important to me. And that's really what makes community. And that's, and that's why I got into this, you know, the government world in the first place, because I value the local community. I, I love Agora Hills. I just love all the things that it has to offer. And so, um, you know, if I can play a small part in that, that's really what I, I hope, you know, I'll kind of take as I walk out. I love it. There you have it, folks, from the man himself. Uh, you know, I want to seriously say thank you so much, Nate, for literally for taking the time out of a busy day, a busy schedule to come and hang out with us and to really kick off 2023 the right way. Uh, we want to thank all the people at home because you all are really why we do this, right? I mean, we've, we, all this time and, and effort that we spent trying to bring you the information that you need at home, it's because you continue to come back and we're here for you. So that's what this platform is all about and we'll continue doing it as long as you keep wanting it. And thank you to our amazing crew who always puts together such a, 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 great, a great setup and, and does this for us. So with that, Nate, again, thank you so much. I can't, uh, you know, the city is a much, much better place because you're here and I know that we've got many great times ahead. So I look forward to it. Me as well. All right, so there you go, folks. Another episode in the books, episode number seven. And you know how we do it. So until we see you next time, keep living the good life. In Agora Hills.
please join us for our next episode of The Good Life Agora Hills Podcast with special guest Beth Pratt from the National Wildlife Federation. We'll sit down for an engaging conversation on the Wallace Annenberg Wildlife Crossing Project and pay tribute to the legendary mountain lion P-22. New to the good life? Catch up on previous episodes at www.agorahillspodcast.com.